Um, I'm going to read a passage from John's Gospel, chapter 13, 15, sorry, chapter 15, is that right? Verses 9 to 17. I think I've given Steve the right one. Yeah, good. Yeah, that's it. Jesus says this, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because the servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I've learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. So that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. The greatest love. Did you know that the word love appears Roughly, depends on which translation you use, so this is the NIV version, 686 times. Now, that came from a reliable source, the internet. I have not gone through the whole Bible ticking them off. But if you want to do that this afternoon, you're very welcome to. 686 times. Did you know that over a hundred of those times comes from the pen of John, the apostle. Isn't that remarkable? Love is mentioned 57 times in his gospel, 46 times in just his first letter, that tiny letter that he wrote that we've been going through on our Sunday mornings. We've still uh, not got to the end of that letter yet. 46 times he mentions love. And it seems to me to be just the key to all that he wants to communicate. He says things like, the God so loved the world, he wrote that down, that he gave his one and only son. He wrote, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He wrote, we love God because he first loved us. In fact, he calls himself the beloved disciple, doesn't he? And we know, we've said this many times, it's not that Jesus loved him more than anyone else. Maybe he just 
knew it. <laughs> there are some people who just know they're loved by God. Other people still say, I wonder if he loves me. John was convinced. We're all loved disciples. We're all beloved disciples. And then in our reading from John 15, these words from Jesus. No one, said Jesus, has a greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And John's gospel is different from the other gospels. You know that. It's written much later than the other gospels. He has things that he records in his gospel that the other gospels don't have. He omits things from the other gospels. So when it comes to the Last Supper, we don't have the detail of the bread and the wine and the Passover. But we have things like Jesus washing the feet of the disciples. And in that passage where he does... It's written, he loved them to the end. Jesus loved them to the utmost. Five straight chapters from chapter 13 to 17 of hitherto unrecorded teaching of Jesus. And we have the most amazing things that he said in those chapters. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He talks about the promised Holy Spirit In chapter 15, he talks about, I am the vine, you are the branches. And within that passage comes these words. Jesus said, a greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And then he says, you are my friends, if you do what I command. And we remember that Jesus says these words on the night that he was betrayed. When the cross is in view, only a matter of hours away, his own execution, the most dramatic example of the point that he just made, greater love has no one than this. It's clearly in view in the mind of Jesus as he talks to his friends. There's no greater love than to give your life for somebody else. And we see examples of that in history, wonderful things. It's selfless, it's sacrificial, it's unconditional. But here we're reminded of the greatest love. The Bible says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness, Lamentations 3. And as we gather this morning, we gather as friends of Jesus. It's been a privilege these last few weeks to start Alpha again live and just talk to people about what it means to have a relationship with God, that he wants us to have a relationship with him, that he's made it possible, he's done everything possible to have a relationship with him. And he calls us here in this passage, friends, those who follow him, those who love him, those who obey him. You are my friends. We're not his servants. He doesn't call us servants. He calls us friends. We also know that Jesus not only died for his friends, he died for his enemies. I was once an enemy of Christ. 
that he saved me and made me his friend. He forgave those who crucified him from the cross. These verses, the greater love verses, has no one than this, are quite well-known verses. And they were often quoted, particularly during the First World War. The text was used, actually, by politicians and clergymen and was set to music. And the purpose was to encourage mostly young men to go off to the front and die for king and country. And it's the sacrifice we remember today. And they did in their tens of, tens of thousands. Millions died in the First World War. Estimates vary, but common estimate is 20 million. And I truly believe that God honors that, that sacrifice. Those who went, their selflessness and dedication to give their lives for a greater cause. But this text was never meant for that. It was never meant for that purpose. I know we know that if the same scrutiny was given to the First World War and all its tactics as is given today to conflicts around the world, things may have been different. The trench warfare and the mass assaults that took so many lives that prolonged the war and added to so many casualties If you've ever watched the series Blackadder, the last one goes forth, I would recommend you to watch just the last episode. And it just poignantly describes the madness of it all. It kind of gives the impression if we must go to war, there must be a better way than this. This passage is about love. Make no mistake, we know that we live in a world that is full of danger and wickedness and evil does threaten and there are hard decisions to be made about conflicts and about war. But we know that one of the evils in the world is the belief that might is right and the way to settle things is through conflict. That's why I wanted to put that map on the screen today, just to remind us that that hasn't changed. But imagine if 20 million died in a conflict. We need to pray, don't we? The kingdom of God to come. And then we're reminded and brought back by Jesus. It has come. The kingdom of God has come because the king has come. The king has come to this earth that he created. And the greatest 
love of all is shown in Jesus. God himself giving his life for this world. For all its sin and all its pain. That once for all sacrifice that means that anyone in any place can have peace with God, friendship, forgiveness, hope, and that hope of everlasting life, that death is not the end. And then he commands us to love. Which I must admit, when I first became a Christian, I just struggled with a little bit because I was rebellious. If someone commanded me to do something, I would say, well, I'm not sure I want to do that. But Jesus is the only one. You know I had the privilege of visiting North Korea. There is a command to love. There are statues to be bowed down to. If you do not bring an offering to the statue, you can be arrested. If you do not have the face of the leader in your home, you can be arrested. If you have a Bible in your home, you, your family, your children, your parents could be arrested, taken to a labor camp, even executed. And there is this demand for love of the leader. And you've seen the pictures where they all clap out of fear. Because you know and I know that no one can force you to love anybody. But Jesus commands us to love. And we love because we know he loved us first. We love because we know that the one who commands us is the one who has given everything for us. Remain in my love, says Jesus. And his love makes us more human, not less. And his love brings real freedom, not slavery. It brings peace, forgiveness, joy. And these wonderful words, again, that we all know, but we just need to have imprinted on our hearts. He chose you. You didn't choose him. He chose you. Now, you may be able to choose a religion or whatever, but Jesus is unique. You can't compare him to any other religious leader. Christianity is what God does for us, not about what we can do for him, not about our performance. It's the greatest love. He chooses us because it's personal and draws us into a relationship of love and loyalty to the one who has loved us and given himself completely for us. Jesus, our Savior, our King, the one who we give allegiance above all others, the one to whom alone we worship. And today we remember and give thanks for sacrifice, yes, and the greatest sacrifice of all. Amen. Amen.